a lot of people, what they do is they say, we need a video and they set the production date and the creative, the idea is done on the way to the shoot, right? We put all this pressure on the production and the way I see it is like, when you build a custom house, you don't call a carpenter, right? If you wanna build a custom house, you call an architect and the end deliverable of the architect is not the finished house. It's the idea, the plans, the vision. It is often said that in video production, the hardest part is coming up with the idea, the creative. And as video producers, that's what we call what we do, creative. So why then is there still such a stigma wrapped up in the idea of a corporate video? Are all corporate videos destined to be boring? I think you already know the answer to that question. And that's why I know that you're going to love today's show. Let's go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day, g'day. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is episode 189. Hey, real quick, did you enjoy the last seven episodes where we broke down the Video Strategy 101 overview of what it means to do effective video strategy for you or for your clients? I've been getting a lot of feedback over the last seven episodes and if you enjoyed it, I'd love for you to reach out to me and let me know. And I'm excited to also announce that coming up very soon is my free live masterclass called Video Strategy for Video Pros and it's all starting the week of the 15th of March 2021. Over the course of that week, Within the Video Strategists free Facebook group community, I'll be going live each and every day for four days straight to share with you all about what it means to do video strategy as a video professional and transition from a video producer to a video strategist in 2021. Let me share with you a quick rundown of the training that's going to be dropping in the Video Strategist community from the 15th of March. First of all, we're going to be diving into how becoming a confident video strategist will grow your video business in 2021. Then we're going to be unpacking in a deeper way the seven elements to an effective video strategy for your clients and importantly, how you can master these so that you can achieve better results for your clients and steer them in the right directions. Day three, we're going to be looking at the three video strategy business models and importantly, how to monetize video strategy services in each. And then day four, we're going to bring it on home with a breakdown of a video strategist sales funnel and how to land clients with video strategy for your video business. So if you consider yourself a video producer or a video professional and you're interested in transitioning to becoming a confident video strategist in 2021 then this live 
masterclass training happening in the Facebook group is something that you will not want to miss. So to get access to the video strategy for Video Pro's free live masterclass, starting in just a couple of weeks from the release of this podcast, go to engagevideomarketing.com slash live training. It's all happening inside the Video Strategist community on Facebook. So to get access, go to engagevideomarketing.com slash live training. Okay, so let's talk about corporate video. Whether that's what you do for your clients or you're a business embarking on getting a corporate video made, are you really resigned to the idea that your videos will just be talking heads and B-roll, stock music and a couple of carefully placed slow motion footsteps down a corridor? Do all corporate videos basically need to fit the same mold? Well, my guest today firmly believes that the answer here is no. My guest, Guy Bauer, is the founder and creative director of Umalt, an agency that makes wildly creative B2B video marketing campaigns that people actually want to watch. Guy's been making commercial videos for over 20 years, and he wrote the book, Death to Corporate Video, a modern approach that works. I love that title, by the way. He started his agency in 2010 after a decade of working in TV, film, and radio. And Umalt's goal is to make sure an amazing product or service stands out in a sea of mediocre content. Guy believes that in video marketing, the idea is everything, and his team of creatives and producers excel at shepherding an idea through the entire process, from concept to scripting, through to delivery of the final videos. And when he isn't helping his clients tell a story that resonates and delights while hitting all of their key messages and business prompts, Guy enjoys spending time at his home in Chicago with his two young children and kicking himself for being a Cincinnati Bengals fan. And I have no idea who the Cincinnati Bengals are, but that's Guy for you. And we're about to hear from him. So without further ado, let's jump in because I'm excited to share today's interview with Guy Bauer from Umalt. Guy Bauer, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Ben. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for this conversation because, you know, I've been looking into, before I got you on the show here, some of the stuff that you've been doing with your company, Umalt, hopefully I pronounced that correctly. Um, We're going to dive into some of this as well, but I think it's going to be super valuable for our listeners, particularly those who associate with the idea of being a corporate video producer. I know that's not everyone in our listenership here on the podcast, but I know that's a good portion of people who listen to this podcast. So even if you don't associate with that corporate video producer kind of role, then you're definitely going to get value from this episode anyway. So stick around. For people that haven't come across your company, Umalt, or yourself, Guy, before, tell us what's your story. What do you do? Uh, Well, Umalt is a B2B video marketing agency. Um, We started back in 2010 and have gone through many different iterations, but uh, like a lot of video people in the initial stages, you, you kind of take what you can get. And a lot of what I could get was those quote unquote corporate videos. And over, you know, eight years, uh, or it's actually, I guess, 10 years, uh, over all these years of making this stuff, um, I noticed patterns and I noticed 
I was never really happy making them and my clients were never really thrilled receiving them. And, you know, one of the worst pieces of feedback we could get was this just feels corporate. <laughs> and, yeah. um, and, and that's where like our positioning and my kind of, I, I, in 2018 or in 2019, I wrote a book death to the corporate video. Cause I've just had it with corporate video. <laughs> I love it. Death to the corporate video. So tell me, I mean, Corporate video production is kind of what we do, right? It's what you do. It's what we do. It's what a lot of people listening do. But what's what's wrong with corporate? You know, because I agree, there's a bit of a, it's corporate, just too corporate. So tell me, what's wrong? What's wrong with corporate? Well, um, yeah, and I, and I get it. And and actually, you know, if you think about it, every video is a corporate video. A corporate made video, for quite corporation. simply, is a video made by a corporation. Yeah. Right? But when you hear corporate video, corporate video gives you these feelings of, well, it's got no emotion. It's got no story. It's got that like U2 delayed guitar, like ding, 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 ding. At ABC Corp, we've been in business for over 40 years, stretching from Tokyo to Taipei, whatever. Like, and like, just like all of those like tropes, you know, uh, the uh, shot of Tokyo, of the intersection of people crossing with disruption written over it. And then uh, a time lapse of of New York City and and, uh, the earth rising, all of these like (laughs) things that we... It's, it's like, it's nothing. It's nothing. Yeah. And that's, what's wrong with it. It's, it, it, it's boring. And, and I feel like corporate video is just a nice way of saying like, Oh, you tried, you know, but it's, it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I mean, we've all seen that, that sort of content and dare I say, we probably, many of us have made that sort of content in the past, right? I know, I know I have. Well, the only way I know about corporate video and, and I know all the patterns is I have made every single one of these things. Yeah. Uh, I mean, ad nauseum. And over the years, I just noticed the pattern of like, they just don't work. They sit on our clients, YouTube with 38 views Um, they look like every other one of their competitors videos who are using the same stock footage or the same, like, you know, um, just methods of what I call default creative and default creative is simply stuff you've seen other places. It's almost like in the public domain of, of ideas Mm. and, you know, uh, a client or whoever will look at some other video, some other company did and just say, make that. And, and then that's how we end up with these, you know, those, those interviews where it's, it's the straight on camera angle and then it's the side camera angle. And then it cuts back and forth. At one point that was actually like a cool thing. And then it just got like copy, 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 copy. And then now it's just like, we don't know why we do it. And that's really like my main mission is like to take a step back and put an appreciation on ideas first um, and not just rushing into making a video because that's how you end up with corporate video. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think the reality is, is that non-creatives working in corporate world who want a corporate video, they, they don't know what they don't know. You know, so right. often as a video producer, they'll come to you and they'll, they'll say, we want something like this, right? And it'll be like everything else. So as a, as a creative video producer or as, you know, someone who operates like you do, Guy, 
how do you flip that conversation? How do you steer them away from just another boring corporate video to, I don't know, pushing the boundaries a bit more or being more creative or coming up with new ideas that haven't necessarily been done before? What's your process? Yeah, it's, it's a bit of education because I think um, a lot of people, what they do is they say, we need a video mm-hmm. and they set the production date, right? Or they, you know, either they do it internally or they hire a production company and they work towards, you know, we want to shoot April 2nd. And the creative, the idea is done on the way to the shoot, right? So like the shoot date is not deviating. So whatever ideas we come up with between now and then have to like be shot on April 2nd, because this thing, you know, and, and like we put all this pressure on the production and the way I see it is like, when you build a custom house, you don't call a carpenter, right? If you want to build a custom house, you call an architect and the end deliverable of the architect is not the finished house. It's the idea, the plans, the vision. And then, so that's step one. Step one is the idea, is the strategy. Like you have the seven ingredients. I was listening to to your series. Six of those seven have nothing to do with pressing record. Most of them are just, let's think. Yeah, I love that. We have to think and talk. So it's to get my clients to understand that making a winning video is a two-step process and two very distinct steps. First step, thinking, idea, strategy. Second step, production. And you have to finish step one before you go to step two, not on the way to step two. Not like, well, we have a week, so whatever you can come up with in a week before the shoot. It's like, no, before the shoot day is scheduled you have to finish step one or else you're just going to end up with just ineffective stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you're going to end up with, well, we've got a day to shoot. Let's just do some interviews and some B-roll, you know, like job done, cut it together. I think we've all done that before. So I love this idea and I want to focus in basically for the rest of this chat with you guy on this ideation process that you're talking about here, because I believe it's critical, right? It's critical to, we can produce stuff, you know, or if you're a business listening to this, you can get someone to produce an idea. But like you say, getting the idea and spending time on getting the idea right is critical to standing out. So let's talk about that ideation process. Is that a collaborative thing or do you uh, take a a brief or, or establish a goal with a client and then go away, apply your creative magic and come back with, I don't know, three ideas that they got to pick from. Like what's, how how do we approach this? Uh, I mean, I'm sure our processes are pretty similar. Um, I actually like to start, especially we play in B2B and in B2B, um, the people we, the stakeholders on the client side, a lot of them are engineering and product focused in B2B. That's a common trait that, you know, market, they're not marketing led, they're, they're product and engineering led. Um, so I always start with not even ideas. I start with like, let's nail down who we're talking to the audience, your first step, right? Who are we talking to? Um, I do things like a competitive analysis. I love to see 
like to me, a competitive analysis is like, well, let's look outside the window. I don't want to like if we're flying an airplane, I don't want to do what the competition is doing. Like that's not the way to stand out in the marketplace. So to me, the competitive analysis is literally just looking out the airplane and make sure we're not going to run into anybody. Mm. Um, we like to look at, you know, like two direct competitors and one indirect. What are they saying? How are they saying it? And then how are we going to be different? So I'm lining up, I'm doing no mental, I'm doing no creative jujitsu yet. We are literally just identifying personas, identifying the mindset shift. Where are your customers today? What do they think today? And what does this video or video strategy need to, you know, do to, to shift them from left to right? Um, uh, mindset shift, competitive analysis. So all of these things allow the stakeholders to buy into a general uh, brief. Because what I find is, is when you have internal stakeholders in a company and they're not tied down to a strategy that they approved, now you're leaving any concepts you come up with to their subjective taste. Because they can go, well, I, I don't know, I want a race car. But if the race car doesn't ladder back up to the strategy, right? Um, that they've approved, I can, I can like almost deny them their race car idea. Mm. But if we don't have a strategy, that's when you get clients driving, you know, the ship saying, I want a thing with a race car, let's do it, you know? And, and then you have no leg to stand on saying, well, actually that doesn't make sense. You know, your target audience has nothing to do with race cars or, or each one of your competitors. And this has happened to me. Client was like, we want to do something with a race car. I looked at the competitive analysis, two out of three of their competitors were doing race car analogies. And that was my way to like rationally say, no, you know, race cars don't make sense. And then guess what? They bought in. So to me, first step is just all of the rationale of like the direction in which the creative needs to go to be successful. You get buy-in and then yes, the next step is just magic. And I wish I could come up with a formula and we're actually working on an idea generator right now. I'm working with a designer in Upwork because um, I think that is kind of like a black box, really. I mean, we use copywriters and art directors on a freelance basis to help generate ideas and scripts. Um, but the idea is that by having that strategy signed off on and all the rationale um, like approved, now we can be bold uh, with the creative and, and usually, and that's how we've gotten stuff through is, is, you know, pointing to the strategy, like, see, it makes sense. Huh? Yeah. I think, I think that's really important. And I just want to kind of pause for a moment to kind of emphasize what you've just shared with us here, guys, that when you, when you're approaching things with a strategy first, so when you're looking at things through a strategic lens first, before you even get to the idea brainstorm kind of phase with a client, then you've got, you've got a, a direction, you know, you've got a North star that you're kind of pointing towards. Otherwise, I think that if you, if you approach things in a less strategic way, where you simply said, we don't want to create another boring corporate video with our clients. So let's just have a brainstorming session with our clients and come up with some cool ideas, you know, then who who's deciding whether that idea is the right idea and then it becomes right. a 
I don't know, a battle of wills or a battle of creativity or something like that. Um, and I think it would be difficult as a video producer to steer your clients without potentially alienating them. But when you've got that North Impossible. Star, that strategy, you can point back to it. Just like you said, you can say, we've agreed that this, this is what we're trying to achieve, right? This is our audience. This is our target audience. This is what we're trying to achieve. How does that idea of race cars, for example, align with that? Easy conversation to have. I love that. I think that's super, super important. So, you know, one of my kind of questions here was, how do you deal with bad client ideas? Because I'm sure that you probably get this, right? If a client is wanting to have input and saying, what about we did this? And maybe it aligns with the goal. Maybe you, you are like, actually, yeah, but actually that's a really bad idea. Um, so can you share with us how you might negotiate that? Well, hey, let me say that not all client ideas are bad. In fact, there's many times where, um, you know, we'll paint out the strategy. Client will have an idea and, you know, I'll be straight up like, oh, that's actually really good. I'll take it. Like, yeah, let's cool. go with it. So that's great. If the client comes up with an idea, they have instant buy-in. We run, right? We go. Um, but uh, alas, most of them <laughs> aren't that great. Um, I like to, I always go back to like, there's got to be rationale. It can't just be like, well, I think it's a bad idea. Hmm. You know, yeah. maybe one day if I'm rich and famous, you know, like I remember Frank Lloyd Wright, the architect had a contract and, and he would make homeowners say, uh, like, you give me no notes. I will take no notes. I'm Frank Lloyd Wright. You get no feedback. I'm not Frank Lloyd Wright yet. So um, I, if it's a battle of will of like, oh, I don't like it, you know, there's, I'm going to lose every single time. So it's building up rational arguments. And we actually wrote a blog post about this. Um, and it's, it's um, trying, here's some just easy ones to do is, is find, um, find work out there. Usually a bad idea. The reason why I believe it's a bad idea and usually why a lot of people think it's a bad idea is you've seen something like that, that didn't work. That was bad. I would just pull that up, find it. The second you show a competitor or someone, you know, or like that it didn't work or it got social media backlash. So I would say like, the best thing is you got to line up a rap. You got to go to court. You have to be, it has to be factual. It can't be just well, I think, and, and all that stuff. Um, it's, it all has to, to appeal to that person's rational side. And then you, you can win the argument. Well, it doesn't make sense. Um, yeah. I hope that answered that question. Yeah, no, it does. Yeah. I mean, it, it can't be a battle of creative difference, you know, like it just simply can't be, I think that's, um, that's an important factor to consider. So let's, let's flip it the other way. Let's talk about if, the, the idea is, is pitched or created um, from your perspective and the client's pushing back on your idea. So how do you get clients to buy in to being more creative and pushing the boundaries and, and trying something that's not your average corporate video? Yeah, so at the start of all of our engagements, I actually have this deck that I run people through and it gets them primed for what they're about to go through. And I think everyone... What I need and I, I and, you know, what I want marketers to do is be primed to take risks and be bold. And what I say is that, listen, um, you know, think about your favorite song, right? I'm a big fan of The Weeknd. 
Um, and when Blinding Lights came out, I heard it the first time and I was like, this sucks. I hate this song. Like wait, a year ago when it came out, uh, I was like, no, this sucks. And every time there's a, you know, like I'm a big fan of Muse. They'll drop a new album. I'm like, oh, they suck now. This, I hate this. I have that instant knee jerk reaction of hatred. But then like a week later, I listen again and it like, eh. and then like a month later, like, I love this. Oh, I love genius. It's anything that's new that is truly novel, you will hate immediately. But that's just because you are so close to your own brand. Mm. Um, you, you need to have the ability to understand that, like, uh, that that hatred is just you having your like cursive knowledge, right? And that the market doesn't see it like that. And the reason why you hate it is because it's different than everything else you've seen than than all of your competitors are doing. And 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 that's the other thing is like you know I try to prime our clients that um, no one gets written up or wins awards or no one writes fast company or Forbes articles about teams that played it safe or did a video like everybody else, or, you know, it looks just like my competitors in quotes like that. That's not, uh, no one writes articles like that. So it's, it's, this is risky. And I, and, and if you look at any of the top marketers or the top spots, they'll always, there's always an air of risk. Um, but here's what I tell my clients. I say, listen, you know that, you know that moment when you, after you take off, probably like five minutes in, you've been at full power with the nose up, but five minutes in the engines wind back and the nose dips down and you like kind of have negative G you go up. And like, I've flown hundreds of times, but still I'm like <laughs> arms on the rest. Like, here we go. Yeah. This is it. I knew it. And it seems scary to you, but actually in the cockpit, the pilot has been told by air traffic control to reduce the speed, maintain altitude. So actually what seems dangerous to you, the passenger is actually needed to keep everyone safe. So I try to tell my clients like, listen, I have no interest in crashing this brand, right? Like I have no interest in going out of business because you hate the video I made you. And I have no interest in you going out of business. You need to trust that these moves that may seem scary to you and dangerous to you, or, you know, like, well, we've never done this before are actually there. I'm doing them to keep us safe. And so that's where I get to this whole idea of being safe is actually dangerous, right? Doing what you feel is normal or what you've seen before is safe in the moment, but it is actually dangerous long-term because you're, you're not differentiating your brand. And that's what marketing is for. Yeah. I love it. I think that's, that's so important. I think that the same can be said from a video production company's point of view of being risk adverse, you know, of being like probably wanting to like do more creative stuff for their clients to pitch more creative ideas and take on more creative, you know, unique projects and ideas. However, there's probably a fear. Um, and I'm certainly recognizing this as well. The idea that, you know, what if something that you 
in your heart believe is an amazing idea that's going to really work for this client, what if it falls flat? What if you're wrong as a producer? How do you overcome that? Oh, I've been wrong. <laughs> I've been wrong so many times. Uh, I, I mean, uh, there was this one brand. I mean, still, it, 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 the project is three, four years old, and it still every now and then wakes me up in the middle of the night. <laughs> um, I feel like it was great. Um, I, I, I still watch the video. I'm, I'm still like, I still have PTSD about this. I still watch it. I'm like, damn it. They were wrong. It's, it was great, but it doesn't matter. The client didn't like it. Um, but you know what? It's kind of like this. It's like, uh, uh have you seen Hamilton? Yeah. Um, well, the, okay. The Netflix version or oh, Disney plus oh, version. Well, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, blast the speakers with Hamilton. It's the best anyway. So, you know, Hamilton, Hamilton, spoke his mind and guess what he got into trouble he got into lots of trouble and eventually he got shot and then you got burr burr his whole thing is talk less smile more don't let them know what you're against or what you're for um and his whole thing is i just want to be safe i want i don't want to like ever choose sides right but what happened to burr he just led a life of mediocrity eventually he like got charged for treason and we and he's a bad guy 200 years or 300 years later or whatever yeah 250 years he's the bad guy the guy that played it safe is the bad guy and then hamilton who spoke his mind who stood for something and was wrong so many times there's a musical about him and i would just say that like like in life fortune favors the bold not the stupid so you got to like do your homework. Don't just take risks for risk's sake, right? Like think about it. But once you think and like you've strategized, go, go full power. That's the only way, you know, there's this scene in, in Indiana Jones and the last crusade, but it's in every action movie where there's like two boats coming closer and closer and the only way out for Indiana Jones to save everybody is not to slow down and stop. They'll get crushed. How does he get out? Full power. He goes into the danger more. Yeah. And that's exactly, and it's literally, and it's very scary. And that's why it's, it's, you, you have to come with it with a strategy and an idea. And it's got to be, like on lockdown in terms of stakeholder approval. And that's why get those approvals, take baby steps. Um, I tell my, my clients, you know, the idea is we want lots of little approvals, baby steps from stakeholders, because if you ask them to take these leaps of faith, they're not going to, mm. but if we keep building a bridge slowly, 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 right. Eventually it won't seem like such a, like such a, a wide, um, gulf, you know, to overcome. So, yeah, now that's, that's so good. That's really good. Well said. I'm kind of thinking that, you know, in a lot of cases when you're, when you get client buy-in of let's do something more creative, more unique, that's going to stand us apart. Some people would probably start to think, let's do something funny. Let's be funny. Let's try and do comedy. Is that a good idea or is that not a good idea? <laughs> Wow. Um, so there's this there's this episode of The Simpsons where Homer starts liking blowfish, fogu or fugu, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And blowfish, like if you it has to have a master 
chef, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a master chef cutting the blowfish, it's it's uh, amazing, right? But if you have a novice, it's deadly if you eat the wrong part of the blowfish. And of course, all my life knowledge comes from the Simpsons. But, yeah, um, that's a good analogy. I, I see where you're going. <laughs> it's dangerous. Yeah. You need an expert. And so what I would do is you have to make sure the partner you're with, look at their portfolio and make sure that they can do it. Um, because comedy works. It does. I mean, look at the Harmon Brothers sandwich video. I mean, they have mastered it. And and it and especially with Harmon Brothers, I mean, their stuff is hilarious and and sells. Um, and then for every Harmon Brothers, there's a thousand to ten thousand videos that are like that could actually cause brand damage, right? They could actually damage brand, or at least just at 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 best, they're just ineffective. Mm -hmm. So yeah. be careful. It's, it's, it's like eating blowfish. You need a master chef. Yeah. Yeah. That's a important cautionary tale to share there. Hey, I'm thinking that, um, you know, a, a lot of what you're talking about and, you know, I've checked out the work that you do in your agency at Umalt as well. And it's, it's beautiful stuff. Like it's, it's beautifully produced. It's, it's creative. It's, it's great. I, I encourage people to go and check it out as well. And we'll share links shortly, but, um, do you feel that all B2B marketing that stands out and is different needs to be high creative, highly produced, or is there a balance? Absolutely not. Uh, it, it, absolutely not. It doesn't need to be all uh, crazy high produced. In fact, we just put out a video shot on my iPhone, my iPhone 12 pro. Um, it's a good camera. With my two daughters discussing a marketing week article about B2B marketing effectiveness, just shot on my iPhone, no lights, no nothing out in my front yard. And the thing went viral um, because it was for social and it went viral and it's gone. It's like the sea has washed over it. It's forgotten. Right. I like to say, like, come up with when you're coming up with your video strategy and I love your ingredients uh, metaphor. That's like exactly right. But when you're coming up with the strategy, usually the, like the shortcut I have is just money up top in awareness. And then as it gets lower in the funnel, less money, right? So once you're down in the decision phase, that's where you're doing the vidyard or the now Vimeo, you know, the, the screen walkthroughs and stuff like that. That's where your sales team is taken over. Um, but you know, it, but as like, you know, on your landing page, you wouldn't want your brand film shot on an iPhone, right? Yeah. So as, as you get down in the funnel, spend less money, but um, I mean, come on, think about it. Like there are so many brands where they did not have great production value and blew up. So uh, no, I don't think it all has to be pretty. I like shooting pretty work, you know, and I, I just, I, I love doing it. So that's why I do it. But um it's the idea first. And the metaphor I always, or the, the analogy I have is think about the moon landing. The moon landing has terrible, terrible audio quality. Uh, it's grainy. It's like ghosty. Um, it's off kilter. It is technically, you cannot find a cell phone to shoot worse video than the moon landing today, but we don't watch the moon landing for technical you know, execution, we watch the moon landing because it's the moon landing. So worry about the idea first and then shoot with whatever you have. Ideas always trump the execution. Always, always, always. Yeah. 
as long as you've got a, a gimbal shot and a drone shot, right? <laughs> oh, you have to have that. Of course. <laughs> Man, this, is, this has been super valuable. Um, thank you for sharing and, and I think inspiring as well, listeners of the podcast and me, um, to just think differently about the work we're creating. Or if you're, if you're representing a business and you're listening to this show, um, the work that you can do, you know, when you partner with the right people as well. So I know you've got some, you've set up a page for, uh, for the listeners of the podcast here and you've got some resources on there. Do you want to just shout out where people can go to find out more about you, connect further with you and what, you're, what you've got for people over on that page? Sure. It's umalt.com, U-M-A-U-L-T.com slash engage video marketing. Uh, we've got a uh, masterclass on making a B2B brand film. We've got uh, a free uh, download, uh, seven ways to avoid making a corporate video, links to our podcast, blog, all that good stuff. So yeah, please check us out. I appreciate you for sharing that um, for listeners of the podcast. So link again, umult.com slash engage video marketing. We'll have links in the show notes for this episode as well. So stick around and I'll share where you can go to the show notes. Guy, this has been super fun. Thanks for coming on and, and sharing what you're doing and inspiring others to think differently about what they're doing as well. Ben, absolutely my pleasure. And keep doing what you're doing for the community. You're killing it. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. All right. And thanks again to Guy for joining me on the show. What an awesome interview. And I know definitely provoked some new ways of thinking and some inspiration to try better and more interesting things in the work that we're doing for our clients and hopefully for you too. Show notes and links for this episode can be found at engagevideomarketing.com slash episode 189. That's where you'll find the links that Guy specifically called out there that he, of those free resources that he's going to share with you guys too. I'd love to hear from you what you got out of today's show. So the best way to do that is to come and join me over on Instagram at engage underscore Ben and hit me up in the direct messages and let me know what you thought. And I'd love for you to also share this podcast with another video producer that you know. So if you're a member of any video production Facebook groups or video strategy groups or any kind of group online that you will know will value from hearing today's episode, then I'd encourage you just to hit that share button, copy that link, and just share it with someone in your network today who will benefit from this. I seriously thank you for that because that's how this podcast gets into more people's eardrums. And I thank you for joining me again for another episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Before we go, just a quick reminder, if you want to join the Video Strategy for Video Pros live masterclass training that's going to be happening starting the week of the 15th of March, 2021, head on over now to engagevideomarketing.com slash live training, request to join and you'll get access straight away. I'm Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing. This has been fun. Thank you for joining me. And I'll see you next week for another interview on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Oh, that track ended very abruptly. See ya. <laughs>